Cast listeners, it's been a minute, and apparently even longer than I knew, because for whatever reason, the last episode of the podcast did not post to uh, Apple Podcasts. I don't know; it's still on my website, but for whatever reason, it didn't go through the like whatever the thing is where <laughs> you know I have the people they upload it and they hit the thing that connects it all, and it, whatever reason, it didn't work. And so I apologize for that. Uh, I'm working on it, trying to get it up there. So once this thing posts, if it does, then you guys will have two new ones to listen to. <laughs> and I apologize for the lag time. But uh, been on the road the last uh, month and a few month and a week. Been on the summer tour. And since I've been talking to you, the uh, the special has been released, the YouTube special. If you haven't seen it yet, get on it, man. Get out there. Get on it. Make a comment. Click the like button. Click subscribe. Share it with people, okay? I put it on YouTube because it's scalable, and it's doing well. Uh, so jump on board, you guys. I need everybody. All hands on deck. If you're a fan of the podcast, then you're a fan of my stand-up, I assume. <laughs> Maybe you only like the podcast, and you're like, yeah, stand-up's all right. Stand-up's just all right. I like the podcast, though, when he eventually releases episodes. Uh, so get on that. It's called uh, Nick Hoff, front to back. It's on YouTube. It's easy to find. Get on there and help me make that thing churn out because it's doing well. But we need uh, to keep that thing going. And uh, since my last podcast, I've been through all these places. I've been through Phoenix. I've been through Des Moines. I've been through Omaha, Louisville, uh, a place called Leesburg, Indiana. I did I did this cool show at a winery in between the winery and the uh, the um, the cornfield. They had the show set up, which was kind of cool. You show up and you go, "This is gonna stink," but I guess it's beautiful, and it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Tiny little town in Indiana, right in the midst of Amish country. So, you know, ever you know, they were probably hiding out in the corn listening to the speaker. They're like, It's electricity. We must go listen to the devil speak. And uh <laughs> Yeah, it was funny that you say them all with the horse and buggy. My kids went with me and they were all intrigued. They're like, Wait, what is this? Who are these people? The Amish? What do they do? Why why do they they're riding horses around in the thing and why don't they have electricity? Why? And then uh, they had only been familiar with the Weird Al song, Amish Paradise, because I had played some Weird Al before, which, you know, I, it brings up a good point. Like, I, I, I loved playing Weird Al songs for them because they think they're funny, even if they don't completely get them. You know, it's music with uh, with a secondary thing. You know, they're not really into love ballads. Well, the little girl is. I mean, even at four, she knows she knows what love is, and she's very, very intrigued by that whole concept. But the boys, you know, they're kind of like still turn their head. Oh, there's kissing scene. This is weird. Uh, so like Weird Al, they can gravitate toward because, oh, there's something else to this music. Like I like the beat, and also he's saying these interesting things that are, you know, funny, I guess. And uh, so we've been listening to him, and you can get the greatest hits and listen to him. But there are some... I, I'm not going to say troubling songs because I love Weird Al. I've been a fan of his, you know, ever since I was a kid. And I don't find them necessarily troubling. But, like, there's those songs, uh, Eat It and Fat, which if you watch the music video, you know, he's got, like, this prosthetic 
you know, he's almost like in a blueberry suit. Like at the beginning, he blows up. Your butt is wide. Well, mine is too. And so my kids are singing this song. And, I, you know, my wife and I are kind of looking at each other like, I don't know that you want to be like just singing this walking down the aisles of, you know, <laughs> LAX. Because, you know, eventually you're going to pass overweight people and you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And so you kind of look at it and you go, well, is this song hurting people's feelings? Because he's saying I'm fat. And so when the kids are singing it, they're singing I'm fat. But they're not fat. They're children. They're they're like normal sized kids. And you go, ah, let's take it easy. And the lyrics are hilarious, by the way, for a kid to be singing because they don't understand it. Like, I'm too much man for you to take. Like listening to my six year old and my eight year old sing, I'm too much man for you to take is just hysterical. So part of me doesn't want to squish it. Part of me is like, let them, you know, let them have fun. They're into something, and it's music. It's the arts. You know, it it may not be uh, may not be Beethoven, but it's something. You know, it's sparking something inside of them. And but then at the same time, I'm like, I don't want you yelling, "I'm fat, I'm fat," when we're going down the aisles of Walmart, because <laughs> you're bound to see somebody who suffers from that affliction. So I don't know. I'm I'm a little torn. Like I'm not a part of cancel culture. And I don't, and I think we're allowed to learn and understand that that's art that was, you know, made in the '80s and it was fine in the '80s. And now today we see it maybe through a different lens. Um, and I'm sure I wonder what Weird Al would say about it. You know, I'm sure he has some feelings about that, but I wonder if he still does that song at his concerts. I would imagine so. It's one of his biggest hits. Like I gotta imagine he, and maybe he puts a little disclaimer out in front of it. I don't know. But <laughs> the kids are singing it, and uh, how the hell did I get on this? Oh, the Amish Paradise in Leesburg, Indiana. So, yeah, I've been a lot of places. Thanks to everybody who came out and saw a show, by the way. Uh, been having a blast out there and feel very supported. I love that. I, and I got, you know, the new stuff I'm I'm putting in there. And I t- for those of you that have been listening for a while now, you remember when I filmed the special now almost a year ago. It's uh, In one week, it'll be a year ago today that I filmed that special and I kind of put the challenge on myself uh, which I think is good for everybody to challenge themselves and make like short and long-term goals it's like something a benchmark that you can see so you can like say oh man I'm falling behind of what I what I wanted for myself or what look look at all these things I wanted to do and I've I've not done oh look I have done those things like it's kind of nice it's kind of a nice thing to go back and just kind of tag some things and give yourself credit and then also hate on yourself (laughs) for the things you failed to do um and uh and so i've been saying okay let's see how much material i can build within the one year and i was really hoping that this weekend i was going to do just a full new hour but i knew also that that was that was uh you know foolhardy like there are guys that come out with an hour every year and you watch it and you go like even the best in the world, like Louis C.K., who, you know, has since been disgraced. But he, there's no denying that he was one of the greatest comics, still is one of the greatest comics to ever work uh, at stand-up comedy. And um, he used to pump out a new special every single year. And you go, okay, well, you've got the best stage time in the world. So you got that going for you. Any night of the week, you can get up at like three or four of the best clubs in the country where you know there's an audience who wants to hear you. You've got an audience, so they're a little more forgiving 
Like, I can get away with things 30 minutes into a show that I could not open with. Like, I can't do a joke that's brand new, untested, like, right up front unless it's I'm just certain that it's tight. Because, you know, I go into... I go into a room and 90% of the audience does not know who I am yet. And I'm trying to convert them as fans, people that feel com- So I got to make them feel comfortable. I got to make them feel like they can trust me. Like I'm a professional. I've got this. I'm funny. And now once you understand what makes me funny, now I can get away with certain things that I couldn't have gotten away with up front. And uh, so not all this stuff that I've developed is a, what I would consider a material right now. There's things that are I'm working on and things that are like I, I do have some a stuff. I'd say I have about 20 minutes, which kind of follows my my thought that it takes an it takes three years to develop an hour of killer stuff. So that's kind of the philosophy that I'm trying to prove or disprove with this. So actually, I've got. I've got another couple shows here before the end of the month, and one of them's in Fort Wayne, Indiana, at the Summit City Comedy Summit City Comedy Club. Uh, get tickets there; it's uh, in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I'm gonna try and do just only stuff that was not on the special. I'm gonna try and see how far I can get, and then if I get to like 35 minutes or whatever, I, you know, I'll close with stuff that <laughs> that I I trust and all that. But I, I want to give people a new show. If you've seen my special, I want you to see all new stuff. So I'm really Really working hard at that, and we'll see where I stand. I'll, I'll let you guys know next week where I stand if I can figure out how to get these things posted. Uh, I, I gotta, I gotta get uh, my my web guy to, to help me troubleshoot that. Um, anyway, I I'm currently in in Phoenix. Just had shows at the Stir Crazy Comedy Club. Had a blast there. By the way, I, I mean I can't believe how hot it is. Here in Phoenix, it's ridiculous that people live here. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, it was 113 degrees when I landed. And I was just like, no, come on. Our, our brains are boiling. In, in fact, last night after the shows, I got back, and I don't know if I was dehydrated or what, but like I was standing there up in front of the sink, and I kind of just all of a sudden got dizzy. And I was like, what the hell was that? Oh, maybe it has something to do with the fact that we're living on a hellish <laughs> landscape. <laughs> It's it's so hot here, but the crowds were great. I am not looking for I'm like delaying going to the airport right now. And I know I don't ever go super early, but like I should probably be on my way right now. But I wanted to f- record this so I could post it uh, before I get on the plane because I'm flying Frontier Airlines, which, as you know, that's the spirit equivalent they, they operate the same way, so there's no guarantee that I'm making it back. So I hope to post this before I get on that flight, just in case just in case the worst were to happen. And, uh, yeah, I, I hate that I do that. But plane flights right now are just, like, ridiculous. You can't get the times you want, and the prices are through the roof. So I, I bit the bullet, and I flew Frontier. Thank God it's a direct flight. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's going to suck. It's going to suck, and I know it's not going to be on time. I'm never on time. Uh, I'm just hoping I make it back to where I need to be by this evening at some point, and hopefully alive. Um, and, and it's weird to me that the price difference between airlines, because essentially they're all providing the exact same service. It's not the same level of service. I guess that's what you're paying for in the difference, but it's crazy to me to be brand loyal when like to get here uh on like american or delta which are the airlines i normally like to fly 
uh, it was going to be an extra six, seven hundred dollars. And I'm like, I don't think level of service, like if they get me there, level of service is not worth that. Level of service is worth 80 bucks. That's my opinion. Like to be super comfortable, it's worth like 80 bucks, especially if it's like we're talking about direct flights. If we're talking about like all of a sudden connections, then now we're, we're it's a whole different ball game. Now it's a whole different deal. But you know, I my price threshold is under a hundred dollars. Anything over a hundred dollars, and I'm like, you know what? Let, I'll just save the money. I'll bite the bullet. Whatever. I probably won't have legs in October. I don't need the leg room, so I'll just go and hate myself. Um, so. Flying back on Frontier, who knows if I'll make it. You guys will figure that out. You'll be like, oh, Hoff's dead. He deserved it. He knew he knew it was coming. He died. If you hear him on that last podcast, you heard it in his voice, man. He knew he was a goner. He was never going to make it back to Chicago. <laughs> and you won't have any sympathy for me. You'll just be like, he gets what he gets. Okay? That's what you get what you pay for, Hoff. You knew it. But I hope I get back because right now, we are uh, in. We're hanging out in Indiana. That's where the family is. They're hanging out with family and friends, and uh, we were staying with. Uh, we we're staying with one of Sarah's best friends, and uh, she's got this cool place that has a pond, and the kids just love fishing. Like my kid would be up at like six fifteen, just I'm going fishing. See ya, and they love doing it. They're out there, and they're just catching little bluegill and some smaller bass. But every time they catch it, oh, fish on! Oh, it's a big one! It's a big fish on! I love just sitting there and listening to them yell, fish on. And they've gotten really good at, like, taking the fish off. And my kid was kissing the fish every single time he went to go put it back in. He just, like, I don't know if he saw that on, like, a fishing show where the guy was kissing the fish. But for whatever reason, they're kissing the fish. And then, and then my middle kid got sick. And uh, I was like, you know what, guys? This is a stagnant pond. Maybe we don't kiss every fish that we catch. <laughs> Why don't we not ingest some of the pond scum that's happening here? And I don't know what he got. I don't know what it was, if it was uh, strep throat or COVID or what. Now, he didn't, came back negative for everything, but uh, I guess he didn't get a COVID test. They gave him a strep test, uh, which is what the friends that we were hanging out with had. So we're like, definitely he has strep, sore throat. Headache, vomiting, fever, uh, thought, well, that's probably strep throat, and he tested negative for it. So who knows? Could have been COVID. Uh, two days later, he was back, so uh, back out there, you know, fishing. But <laughs> I was like, let's not kiss the fish, okay? Let's not do that. Um, oh, I'm just looking at the time trying to figure out what time I need to leave. My flight doesn't leave for another two hours and 25 minutes. So I'm good. It's only like 40 minutes to the airport. I'll be fine. But then again, I have no concept of time. This is constant, constant point of contention uh, in my marriage. My wife's just like, you have no concept of it. You have no concept of time. You know, have no idea what you're doing and how much time that's going to take. Because, I mean, we're getting packed for somewhere. I think I talked about this. Like, we're getting packed. Or uh, I, I know I have to leave for something. Like right now, I'm sitting in the hotel room two hours and 25 minutes from my flight taking off, which means I have to be there in less than two hours. It takes 40 minutes to get there. I got an hour 20. I look at that. I got an hour 20. I record this podcast. I'm sitting here shirtless. I'm going to take a shower, and I got to pack up. I got to do all these things. I even need to record like this little video thing that I've been putting off. And I'm like, I got time for that. I can record that in, in five minutes. I can take a shower in 30 seconds. You know, and the, and the Uber driver on the way to the airport, he'll hit a wormhole. I'll be fine. 
I don't have a concept of time, and I know that this is a shortcoming of mine. I know it. It's, there's something inside of me that doesn't understand or I'm able to lie to myself, and I don't think it's a form of laziness because, look, I'm trying to cram more things into a short amount of time. That's not, that's not a product of laziness, but I feel like that's what people attribute it to when I'm late to things. Like, I, I toured with three other comics, and there was the running gag of Hoff is dinking. He's he's the latest one. He'll be he'll be the last one to the car to get to the show. We're checking out of a hotel. He's going to be the last one out. Uh, and I think they thought that that was like a version of laziness, but it's not. It's just a level. It is a level of stupidity. I think we all have something that is a shortcoming, and that's one of my shortcomings is that I do not understand the comic the concept of time. And it's not like. It's not like I'm like autistic or something, but there's something blocked in the brain that makes it not work in that way. Because right now, sitting here, I know I don't have enough time. I know checkout is in check. Oh god, what time? It checkout's in like nine minutes. How did that get to that? I thought I had enough time to record this podcast, but I got I still got uh, 13 minutes left on this podcast, and I got to take a shower. Maybe that microwave time isn't correct. Maybe that's a little ahead. No, I'm looking at the computer. It's it's dead on. It's dead on. I already asked for a slightly later checkout, and I should have, I should have gone deeper. See, that's another thing that I was short on. I the lady asked me how late of checkout do you want? Opening the door. The door was wide open. She's like, walk all over us. Okay, this is the residence in. You can tell us what you want. And I could have said, give me noon. Give me one. They said, checkout's normally 11. What do you need? And I should have said noon. Should have said noon. That's what I need. Instead, I was like, I like 1130. Like, I don't want to be a hassle. I don't want to put you guys out at 1130. But now I'm going to put them out because they wrote down 1130 or however they do. I don't know how checkout works. I never really check out. I just leave the hotel and I save one of the keys because I save all my hotel keys and I put them in a in a box when I get home. I mark on them. I try to mark on them where I was so I remember cuz but inevitably I just end up having like 60 Hilton key cards with no markings on them. So I got to take them all from the same place. But I save those as just sort of like a memento, like, look how much I've, I've been out there working. And, uh, and so I could have said 12, but whatever reason, I said 11.30, and now there's no way. There's no way 11.30. That's eight minutes from now, and I, the podcast still has 12 minutes. And, uh, and then I still have to shower after that. And I was thinking I was going to film this thing. I even thought maybe I'll go down to the gym and exercise real quick before I shower. You know, wouldn't it be great to work out two days in a row? <laughs> But nope, I'm just sitting here. And uh, all right. Anyway, I have no concept of time. I got to figure out how to get over that. I don't know if it's like uh, psychotherapy or whatever you call it. It's not. It's not like uh, therapy where you go in and you solve your problem. I guess maybe it is, but it's really like hypnotism is what I need. I need like somebody to override the pathways in my brain that tell me you've got time. Because the truth is, I don't have time. I don't have time. I got to do everything right now. Get it done. Cross it off the list and get the hell out of this room <laughs> before the before the uh, maid staff walks in and sees me sitting here talking into a microphone shirtless. When they're like, "Aren't you supposed to be gone by now? Why is your underwear all over the place?" <laughs> My underwear's all over the place because it's 113 degrees outside. And when I get to the room, I just take it off and throw it. That's why it's all over the place. Anyway, uh, I want to post. 
I want to post some videos that I've taken from this summer, get everybody caught up. I, you know, I record every set now and I try to post things that are interesting that happened in the show that were fun, but they're not necessarily burning the new jokes. You know, and you guys have seen the old jokes because you've seen the special, right? If you haven't seen the special, Nick Hoff, front to back, get on YouTube right now. Pause this podcast, get on there and share it. For love of God, I need you guys to help me scale this. Uh, man, I love you. You guys will do it. Um, but I'm, I'm going to be posting a bunch of stuff. But I had one that happened at one of the shows in Phoenix, and I'm, I want to post it, but I'm not sure that, uh, that it's okay to post. i, I got to ask some military guys. Maybe I'll hit up some of my military friends and see what they think because there was a dude in the audience who uh, was talking to me and uh, during the show, and, and we we're kind of having a back and forth, uh, a friendly bit of banter, if you will. And he said, mentioned that he was in the military, he was in the army. And then he said the thing that they say to acknowledge that they're in that branch. Like, like the one I know, the most famous one, I think, is the, uh, is the Marines. And they say, oorah. And uh, I'm not sure what that means, but that's their like signal that this is who I am. Hoorah. Uh, I'm, I'm a Marine. And this guy was in the Army, and he said something else. But it was along those same lines. It was like, Aru? or so, I don't know what it was. He said it, and then I said it. And we had this fun little thing where then all of a sudden I was talking about ura and all that stuff. And I was saying it in a way that was self-deprecating, like, like that I could never have been in the military. I couldn't do what they do. But I was also sort of poking fun at those little grunts that they were making. And I'm not sure if that's okay for me to post because I have the utmost respect uh, for the military, but you know, there's ridiculous things and everything. There's stupid things in the military, which is the reason I could never have been in it. I would have called those things out and I would have been uh, beaten to death by my own platoon. And so I knew that I could not go through that. I question authority constantly and that either would have been beaten out of me, which means I would never be a comedian or I would have gotten in so much trouble and I would have been discharged like immediately from the army, like right away, just boot camp. They'd have booted me. There's no way I would have made it through boot camp. No way. I can't survive having a boss in the corporate world. I, I'm in a creative field, and I, I have to question everything, and that's just who I am. And plus, I'm not on time. I don't think that's a military asset. I, I don't think uh, when you're trying to you know, take Omaha Beach, if they're like, oh, Hoff's not even here yet? We're, trying, we're supposed to attack right now, and Hoff's still, still showering. Why is he in the barracks? I say barracks like I think I know that's a real term. <laughs> in my mind, that's where you would stay, and that's where you'd have all the guns and stuff, and that's where the people would stay. I, I don't know if I'm using that term right. Uh, barracks. What are barracks? I can look this up. We'll learn something together. What are what are barracks? Oh, it's not even coming up with it. Barracks. There we go. Barracks. Uh, a building or group of buildings used to house soldiers. Boom. Nailed it. Barracks. I think the only reason I knew that was because of uh, this game I used to play called StarCraft, uh, which was like one of the first. It's the same people that make like Warcraft, World of Warcraft or whatever, but this one takes place in space. And it's cool. You, you know, you, you build your own armies and you've got you got to make the barracks so that you can uh, make your troops. And so that's the only reason I know that. Just uh, it's not like I'm smart. It's not like I, uh, I I've done my research on military. It's because I played a stupid game, which oh I used to play that. I, it came out when I was in high school. 
And that was when I first discovered, like right when the internet was starting and you could get online and play against people is so much fun. I got to get back into that. That was that was a great game. Uh, and you could blow hours. And every game was different because you get matched up against somebody and they had a different strategy. Some people would rush you right away. Like they'd build up just 10 like just grunt soldiers and you were like you know, making your star fleet, but it took longer and they attack you with the 10 soldiers and you don't have any of those guys. You just have buildings and your little robots and you go, Oh crap, here he comes. So you had to prepare for all different aspects while doing your strategy as well. So every game was different. It was amazing. It was so much fun. I got to get back into it. Starcraft. Anybody wants to play me in Starcraft, hit me up. I'm game. I, I don't even know. I, I don't know if I still own that game. If it's sitting somewhere anyway, I'd, be down to play that if anybody wants to get back in that's what i need i need more distractions hoff didn't you just get done talking about how you have no concept of time and how you don't have enough hours in the day to achieve your goals didn't you just get done saying that and now you're openly inviting everyone to waste more time with you and my stupid brain will be like well i'll get a joke out of it by the way my last special my only special uh, Nick Hoff front to back available on YouTube uh, <laughs> had a joke about video games that I literally started writing just to justify the fact that I was wasting time playing video games. Like literally I was feeling bad about spending a few hours playing video games. I was like, I should write a joke about this so that a, the game that I bought is a write off, <laughs> you know, I'm doing research here. Okay, IRS, get off my back. That's a write-off. Check out the joke, front-to-back special available on YouTube. Um, and, uh, and so I started writing the joke, and it actually became a fun bit that's in my act. Uh, but it, it that came out of a turdly selfish desire to be able to play video games. So maybe maybe there's just a StarCraft joke out there waiting to be written, and and you guys can help me write that. So, you know, you're doing the Lord's work by distracting me there. And and that's what that's the official uh, the official statement that I will give to both the IRS and my wife when they question why the hell I'm playing. I'm like I'm doing research. Will you leave me alone? This is Daddy's work, okay? I don't I don't discuss what you do when you go in and you're teaching your art classes, okay? I don't I don't look at you weird when you're uh, you know paint, finger painting, okay? This is my finger painting. Allow me to discover new things. I'm growing as a person. Oh. By the way, this just triggered something, and I know this is this whole episode's been ADD just off the wall. But that's part of who I am, part of why you like this, right? We go in eleven different directions, and you never know when I'm gonna just hit a U-turn. We're gonna go the other way. But I just uh, I want to tell you and recommend to you that uh, you get pick up reading again. I just started reading again, and I don't want to sound like some kind of like hoity-toity intellectual because I'm not. But I'm trying to, you know, spend a little more time reading. And it, I read the book uh, Stephen King on writing. I think it maybe even talked about it on the last podcast that was for some reason not released. <laughs> I'll figure that out, and then you'll hear me talk about it. And then you'll like hear now, and I'm reiterating that I finished that book. And he's there encouraging you to read. He's like, he's like, if you want to be a writer, you also have to be a reader. You got to go. He's like, I read 80 books a year. I if I'm walking around somewhere, I always have a book in my hand. And it's a great read. If you haven't read On Writing by Stephen King, it's fantastic. Like, even if you're not interested in writing, it's cool. He, like, goes down how he he hates uh, adverbs and he talks about passive voice and things like that and how you should avoid it. It's really interesting to hear what he has to say. And one of the things that I took away from it was he's like, you got to do some reading. And I think that 
is good for everybody. It's good to exercise that portion of your brain. And it, I'm, my hope is that dedicating myself to a little bit of reading every single day or at least several times a week will like kind of train my brain to be a little more organized and to do the work and to be diligent, like sitting down and like taking the time to yourself to be like, okay, I'm going to, and he talks about how like you got to be able to read in uh, small sips and uh, long gulps. Like he's like, sometimes I get an hour to sit down and read something. Sometimes I get two, three hours to sit down and read. Sometimes all I get are like three minutes. But he's like, you got to learn to take advantage of those. Like he says he has a book all the time. Like when he goes to the checkout line of a grocery store and he's got the four minutes there, he'll pull out his book and start reading. And he goes, he says he'll be at dinner parties sometimes and he'll pull out a book and start reading. People say, well, isn't that rude? And he goes, that's your second biggest concern is whether or not you're rude. Your first biggest concern is whether or not you're good at your craft. And to be good at my craft, I need to write every day and I need to read every day. That's my number one concern. Second is being polite in in normal everyday society. (laughs) But I thought that's an interesting way to live. I don't think I'm there yet. I don't think I'm there, although I was having dinner with some people the other day and my book was in my bag and I almost pulled it out just as a social experiment to see what everybody's reaction would be because the book... Like, however rude it is to pull out your phone when you're out to dinner or you're talking to somebody, like, that's super rude. And I think we can all agree. And it happens to all of us. People will pull it out or, like, your phone will buzz. You'll look at it. Like, no matter what it is, that's rude. But somehow a book, even though it's a higher intellectual endeavor, there's something even ruder about that. Like, because now you're acknowledging, no, I am shutting everything off, right? Like, at least with a phone, you can kind of, like, just keep nodding, uh-huh, uh-huh, as you're you know, scanning your email or whatever the hell you're doing on your phone. Super rude, but at least you can kind of like feign interest with the people that you're with. But you get out a book, you're essentially just like, nothing here is interesting. I am going to read. I'm going to go back several decades of interest level and I'm tuning you out and I'm reading this thing that I could read when you guys are gone. That's the thing is this is not pertinent. This is not like a phone call or a text from the babysitter. Like at least you have that excuse with the phone. But this is saying, no, I could do this at night when I'm alone, but I'm going to do it right now as you guys are talking about the weather or whatever the hell you do. So I almost wanted to do it as a social experiment. And maybe I will before the next podcast comes out. Maybe I'll do that and just see, you know, how many people throw an onion at me at the dinner table or something. Anyway, uh, I I acknowledge I'm now five minutes past when I was supposed to check out. I got to go. Thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate all the support. Thanks for coming out and seeing shows. I still have several ones uh, out, uh, you know, upcoming Fort Wayne, Indiana, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, uh, Beaverdam, Kentucky with Larry the Cable Guy, and then Seattle. Seattle on the 11th of August, guys, at the Rendezvous Theater. This is my first time doing Seattle proper in years and years. I need, if you know somebody in Seattle, if you live there, please, for the love of God, buy a ticket because... I, you know, I just kind of booked it on a whim. I wanted to go up there and take the kids fishing up there in the Puget Sound. I was like, all right, I'll book a show too, but I got, I, I'm doing it independently at an independent venue. So please, love of God, help me get that out there. And also the YouTube special, I cannot iterate enough, Nick Hoff, front to back on YouTube. 
even if you've seen it, watch it again. Make sure that you click the like button, you subscribe, and make a comment. And when you comment, don't be like, oh, you know, I grew up with you or, or you know, whatever, this thing sucks. You know, just make it a fun comment that helps uh, helps the algorithm. And then share it with some people. It's a, it's a free damn hour special, okay? There's no reason everybody in the world shouldn't be watching this thing, okay? Well, I mean, some people don't don't have to watch it but most of you should most of the seven billion people on this planet should watch it and if you all did and y'all gave it a like and a comment my life would change so why not do that it's free it's a free easy way to help me bring the world more happiness and that's really all i'm trying to do so i gotta get out of here i'm gonna miss my flight but i love you guys be safe don't forget to do do bip and i will talk to you soon